You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. This episode features local author Michelle Hackney and illustrator Mia Ortiz. Together they created Mama's Leche, a bilingual children's book that depicts the special connection a mother and child develop through breastfeeding. How's it going, guys? How are you? Hi, how are you? Thanks for inviting us today. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, my name is Michelle Hackney, and I am a local El Pasoan who has published a book called Mama's Leche. I wrote the story. It's a bilingual children's book that advocates for breastfeeding and attachment parenting. And this is... Mia Ortiz. I am the illustrator for Mama's Leche, and I love making art, and I'm a local artist born and raised in El Paso, Texas, and also a art teacher at Riverside High School. Cool. What sparked the idea for the book? So Mia and I are first cousins, and we were pregnant at the same time. Uh, we began looking for children's books that talked about breastfeeding. And we couldn't find any that were realistic. There's a lot of children's books out there that talk about breastfeeding, but the characters are animals. And so we had to create one for ourselves. Would you say that that's pretty accurate, Mia? Yes. Uh, some of the books that we saw, they didn't uh, really show the body parts of a mm. woman and the breast was never exposed. Mm. And we were wanting it to be normalized to do something that would say like hey this is okay it's not nothing to be ashamed of nothing graphic or right nude. yeah it's not sexualized yeah <laughs> you're feeding your baby when did you guys actually start working on the book from start to finish the book took a total of three years um when we were pregnant we were talking about the idea and we started jotting some ideas down and i wrote the story and I guess a little later, maybe we'll talk about the creative process. But once I had finished the story, I passed it over to Mia and she just went for it. So the journey for us was really interesting because we've never, you know, we didn't know the right steps into creating the book. Mm. And so it was really cool because Michelle and I, uh, with, with her writing and my illustrations, collaborated and put together like a cut and piece paper book. And we sent it out to like several publishing companies that kept turning us down but not saying no and said like, oh, this could be something. You need to turn it into a JPEG. You need to put this, you know, everything has to be electronic. See if you can add color. And so we got into, you know, consolidating from a paper fold-out book that got rejected to somebody finally saying, you know what, this this has potential and we really want to take it and run with it. So that's how we found Kalindi Press in Arizona, right? And Home Press. So that's pretty cool, though. That's pretty punk rock. You guys sent a paper demo, like an actual construction yes, we paper did. demo. Um, when I wrote the story, I passed it over to Mia, and she did the illustrations. And then we actually cut and pasted everything together and bound it in cardboard with a glue stick. And we sent it out. Wow. And people were like, this is a very interesting concept, but you need to do something a little more professional with it. I think we knew we had something valuable that had never been done before. So we just wanted to get it out there. And like Mia said, we were never told, no, this isn't going to work. We were just told over and over, we're not really sure what to do with this. Can you amp it up? 
can you make this a little more professional? And so then we finally found a publishing company out of Arizona called Home Press that really enjoyed the idea, and they are who finally published us. What's that process like to put together words and illustrations for a children's book? I think uh, people have like maybe the misconception that it's easy. There is a guideline rule that a children's book has to be 30 pages long with 15 illustrations. And each page has to have text on it. But besides that, Mia and I were really raw. We didn't have a real serious artistic process. But now that we've created the first book, we've kind of created our own organic process that we will continue to use each time. Is it the same process other writers and illustrators use? Probably not, but it works for us. And so the process that Mia and I created, um, like I said earlier, was I wrote the story. Mm-hmm. I respect her art. I think she's an amazing artist. So I didn't give her the text and say, this is what I'm hoping for. I just had her read it and I let her go. Let and her so exactly. When she handed me back her it was amazing to see my words displayed in illustration because it's like she really felt what I meant and I don't know if that's because we are first cousins or because we have great vibe working together or because the world really needed this book and so you know we just bounced off of each other so well but it was a very easy process would you say? Michelle made it very easy for me especially because her writing ability was authentic and we were both experiencing the atmosphere in which it's not always we're not always okay to to breastfeed in public or Mm -hmm. you know and why isn't it normal and these things we constantly talked about while we had our babies and um, you know our end goal of um, stick being advocates for mothers who don't have a voice and not knowing their rights and and so we were both very passionate and I also think that both close in the sense that we we did it out of love and mm-hmm. and it was just super easy when she gave me the words I was like oh okay 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 now now let me try this and I also gave her like several options and I was like please tell me I'll redo anything and she was like no 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 let's just keep going yeah, you're <laughs> sure you're I didn't sure. want to censor her I really yeah. wanted this to be raw and from the heart like she said I think that it really displayed the love that we have for breastfeeding yeah, yeah and for moms and advocating that we experienced with our babes yeah why bilingual why a bilingual book well um also being on a border town living in el paso texas where everybody either speaks spanish or english it's so diverse and it's just important to be able to offer that so that everybody can be a part of this journey um not only as an educational tool but also to bring into the homes into the families so that the little baby ones uh, we had a couple mothers who told us that like oh this is perfect because I'm integrating, I'm about to have another baby and my daughter is watching me, you know, breastfeed and it's helping them say like, hey, I used to do that, mama, or, you know, and so bilingual is perfect because, I mean, we're in El Paso, Texas, Uh, we have a lot of uh, Hispanics uh, who speak Spanish and English and their children are dual language. And the other thing is, I mean, if we look at the United States, that's our home country, Latinos or Latinx 
are the major minority in this country and so yeah. there's a lot of Spanish speakers and now we're finding because we're on Instagram and Facebook that there's a lot of Latin American countries who are very interested in the book so there's a market for it down there as well cool what you guys have to do like a different kind of translation um, so it, it, it would stay the same for Mexico and possibly Spain because it was written in Castilian Spanish, in proper Spanish, yeah, formal. But for a country like Brazil, we'd have to look into getting it translated probably to Portuguese. But yeah, I mean, it's growing and I think bilingual is helping it to grow. I think we've kind of already touched on this a little bit, but what has been the response from readers? What have uh, mothers told you or what have parents told you? The book was released at the beginning of September 2017, mm -hmm. so it's still a baby in the world. Yeah. Although we have received a lot of attention, um, national organizations like WIC and Head Start have picked it up and they're using it as educational material. And there's national organizations that are making a lot of noise, like normalized breastfeeding mm -hmm. and boob life um, in Los Angeles and hospitals like Harlem Hospital. Um, they're picking it up and using it. The attention that we've been getting is really awesome, too, because um, I have a friend who also lives in New York who sent me like a picture of the book with the Empire mm -hmm. State Building behind. And I was like, oh, my God, we yeah, made he, it to New York. He found it out of Barnes and Noble wow. there. So cool. Barnes & Noble picked it up. We've been on a Barnes & Noble book tour since the beginning of September. And last year we traveled, oh my gosh, we traveled so much mm -hmm. and met a lot of people. Awesome. And this year looks like it's going to be just as busy. Cool. But every once in a while we'll have somebody on Instagram, like she said, send us a photo from a random state that we had no idea yeah, had already. Yeah. I think one of my favorite like fangirl moments was one of our first um, book signings in Barnes and Nobles in Las Cruces. We actually had a mother who had, the day before, had just given birth to a baby, mm -hmm. and she came like straight from the hospital and was like, "I couldn't miss this," and wow. you know, I've been following you guys on Instagram, and I'm a hundred percent supporting you and. Thank you so much for being like a voice for us. And it was that, wow. that aha moment. Yeah, she was, she still had her hospital wristband on and her husband was like, she's crazy, but <laughs> I'm here, we're here. Can we buy a book? Will you sign it? And we were like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And we like practically wow. hugged her and were embracing her. And she was telling us about all of uh, her other three children or two children that she had that she breastfed and the struggles that she's had. So uh, building that, that, tribe of women to you know mm. stick up for each other is, is really cool what we've seen yeah it's definitely been a positive response not just from moms but from children also mm -hmm. and from men the strong men who support the cause as well anything else we sent a copy of the book to michelle obama because mia and i really respect the work that she's mm -hmm. done advocating for child wellness and we waited months and months and hadn't heard anything and we were like okay you know she's busy but then we get a letter in the mail uh, with the letterhead from Barack Obama wow. saying, thank you for your lovely book. This is amazing. And we received the Obama's endorsement. 
Wow. So that's something to be really proud of. I mean, we were, we were about screaming on the phone, like freaking out. And we were like, ah, this is so cool. It's like national recognition. I just feel like the book was necessary. We're really yeah. filling a void with something important, and it makes us feel really proud of our work. Even though you guys said that you guys are not really experts, but I got questions. <laughs> um, what are the benefits of a mother breastfeeding her child? I guess one of the colossal benefits, I guess, would be that the human milk boosts the baby's immune system and it helps, uh, you know, fight off like the flu and the common cold. So it's it's really good for building immunities and, you know, we're it's it's all natural and it's free. <laughs> yeah. So that's also a really good benefit to breastfeeding. Um, the bonding. It's really amazing the primal bond that a mother and child create while nursing and I think that besides the nutrition this primal bond is probably the most important I don't think that people know that nursing can make a woman bolder I think that it can empower a woman because there's so much controversy about public breastfeeding now I mean I'm not a professional lactation specialist but doctors are showing that when you nurse your child, it increases your body's threshold for stress, likely through oxytocin levels that your body are, is producing. And so it makes moms a little more stress resistant and a little more able to defend themselves against, you know, these questions about your choice to nurse, mm -hmm. whether it be in public or not. So I think that breastfeeding is a really great way for women to gain back their power in the world. Yeah, definitely. And also that that skin on skin contact. I mean, if you think about it as humans, as soon as babies are born, I mean, they need us in order to survive. They can't just they're not like deer or, you know, bears where they're automatically walking and learning how to like yeah. survive. So it is a, it's a very, uh, you know, bond very primal like holding each other the love you can feel each other and the heartbeat you know it's the closest thing from being in the womb to be able to breastfeed and they hear your heartbeat and you yeah they can, chill out uh-huh they relax they're they're zen you guys mentioned the word primal a couple times sometimes i think that women you know how we have superheroes in the modern age yeah. like i think that women way back before anything my opinion is that they were the one for you guys were the ones with the, the first superpower oh i want to hug like, you yes you guys know what the first superpower is right that i'm talking about well tell us creating life man oh, <laughs> correct yeah. we have a porthole to a whole other dimension <laughs> yeah it's... putting together the pieces of you know our dna and like actually creating bone and organ yeah. and flesh and a heartbeat it's amazing. It is a superhero power. It is. And um, do you think it's kind of weird for, for you guys still to refer to something like breastfeeding as primal when it should just be like kind of like normal? normal? Thank you yeah. for acknowledging that. That is our biggest message. That's our mission to normalize breastfeeding. Uh, definitely because um, I don't understand why, um, you know, we can have huge billboards with like a girl eating a giant cheeseburger half naked and be okay with it but when a mother is breastfeeding she gets shamed and uh, a lot of women don't know their rights in texas that you can actually take a break if you need to go to a private space yeah. and breast pump or whatever you need to do to you know 
continue breastfeeding. It's very important and it's so awesome that you acknowledge that mm-hmm. because I feel like sometimes people are stuck in a time capsule and yeah. they they don't understand like I don't understand covering yourself or covering your baby like would you put a napkin over your head while you ate but you know what no I, now that we um, have gotten a lot of exposure overseas and other moms from various countries are reaching out to us particularly on Instagram we've had moms in the UK we've had moms in Spain and Brazil say Sorry to say, but only in your country, a boob is controversial. Mm. Like, it's not really like that here in our country. Why is that? Why are you all continuing to fight with each other? Why do you have to normalize breastfeeding? Mm. And so I'm glad you asked that question. And I really appreciate you acknowledging Mm. that it is really just a natural thing. How has social media helped you guys out? seems like you guys are on Instagram a lot. Yes. We also realize the importance of technology and also how um, how much passion we have for this. And uh, speaking on my behalf and Michelle, like we don't like to wait. And the fastest thing to get out there is social media and doing daily posts and engaging with our followers and people who, um, you know, follow us and, and look up to us as leaders in the breastfeeding community and also as um, representatives of children's wellness. And yeah. it's so important to be a part of that because it's it's so fast, technology. I mean, you know, you can get out to, you can touch more people yeah. through yeah. Exposure, is exposure is greater. Through hashtags. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag that's real. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag normalized breastfeeding. Yeah. Hashtag mama's leche. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, hashtags are really useful like i think like, I sometimes i see people them, but... <laughs> post things on instagram without a hashtag i'm like dude well, yeah. bro hashtags not, ain't nobody well, gonna no see one's that. gonna read it <laughs> i know some people who are like hey uh want to go get something to eat what's different and they'll type in something like you know ep eats or whatever yeah. or something like that and like a whole bunch of stuff will come up and They'll be like, oh, let's go try that pho bistro on your way. And I've never heard of it. Okay, let's do it. It's so futuristic. It's <laughs> yeah. so weird. Yeah. We are in the future now. It's like the newest phone book. <laughs> are you guys working on a new project? What's next for you two? Yeah, so Mama's Leche, our first book that was published, is the first of a six-part series. Mm-hmm. That will be under the name Mama's Leche, a bilingual book series. And so um, Mia and I are just now wrapping up our second book. Should we spill the beans? Yeah, okay. Do it. Okay. So as we've traveled around with our publishing company to WIC conferences mm-hmm. in the nation, we have been questioned over and over whether we have a book on premature babies, on preemies, because there are none out there. So our yeah. publishing company has asked us if we would consider writing that book. So we've completed the text and Mia is almost done with the illustrations and it's again told from baby's perspective because Mama's Leche our first book was told from baby's perspective he tells you what it's like to nurse so in our second book the baby will tell their story being born early and then we've got four more books that will come out and all of them are a topic under the umbrella of child wellness because ultimately that's our goal. Mia and I want all children in the world to be happy and well. 
and we want it from baby's perspective because a lot of times in their world, adults dismiss children's voice because of lack of experience maybe. They think that their opinion is inadequate. And so as parents, we've recognized that it's really important to give your child a voice. So each of the books will be from baby's perspective. This preemie book was a little bit more challenging for us because of course our babies went full term and we didn't have enough experience. So we did a lot of research and our cousin, Sassad's wife, Amy, she had her son, Jackson, really early and so we asked her to, you know, to share her story with us, and um, she sent me pictures, and I've talked to her on the phone, and about a lot of the, you know, the scariness of it, and the the realness of it, and that was, I think, most of Michelle and our concern was to make it authentic, and um, so I've cried a lot, and um, you know, there's times where I'm like, okay, Michelle, like. I can't, this isn't going to be as whimsical and as um, as uh, playful as uh, Mama's Leche. I feel like the illustrations went a little bit more realistic and she was like, no, do it. It has to be that way. And I said, okay. And, um, you know, when you think about it, like it is a very scary thing. And especially for a mama who has all these expectations of how this is going to go in my plan, quotation marks, and yeah. how it's supposed to be, never goes the way you thought. And I, you know, I, I took it for granted because I don't think I ever thought for a second that that could happen to me, but it could have. It could happen to anybody. It was hard for us when we first got started because we couldn't get past that fear that parents feel. We were researching with parents, particularly our cousins, Amy and Cesar, about the experience of having a premature baby. And for a moment, it felt impossible. But then when we started to channel the babe, <laughs> yeah. when we really started to look at it from the baby's perspective, the fear went away, at least for me, and I realized that these babies want to live. Premature babies are freaking strong, man. Yeah. And they make it through. And so when I started to look at it from the baby's perspective and give the baby a voice, it was much easier to write. On a side note for me, um, my stepson, who is going to be 15 in, in May, he was a preemie and he, he was the size of my husband's hand. He was born at like five months and he had to do uh, heart surgery and all sorts of crazy procedures to keep him alive. And so I talked to my husband about it and he told me like the importance of his presence and how he never wanted to leave his side and, you know, gave me his experience. And he said, you know, I, I was terrified. I didn't want to lose this kid. I loved him more than myself at that point. And that's one thing that I think a lot of people who may not have children realize that you never think you could love somebody so much until you have a child of your own. And it's the weirdest thing having your heart outside of your body. So yeah. when you have a premature baby like that, um, my husband, and I quote, he says, like, your heart is outside of your body and you're, you know, you're just there and you're like a sitting deck and you're, and you're waiting and hoping and, you know, trying to talk to him or her and give all the love that you can. And he says, and it worked, it worked because he said, I didn't want to leave his side. So that's the second oh, book coming out to answer your question. Stuff, yeah. 
And then we've got four others that I think we'll wait to expose, but there will be a total of six books under the Mama's Leche bilingual book series. Awesome. Yes. Is there anything else that you guys like to add? I just want to thank you, first of all, for inviting us. Cool. And I want to thank our publishing company, Home Press, because they really took a chance. And, um, and I think they're really proud of us because this is right now an amazing book and an amazing experience for all of us. And it's getting so much positive exposure. I want um, listeners that are tuning in to know that if they want to pick up a copy of the book, they can purchase it at any Barnes & Noble nationwide. They can go on to Amazon.com and buy it online. And they can always, if they're in El Paso, go to Chuco Relic on the west side. Cool. Chelsea has been a huge advocate, and she's always got the book in stock. If you are in Las Cruces, then you can go down to Casa Camino Real Arts and Books. And um, she carries the book there for us. Is there anything else you want to add, Mia? Um, if you'd like to follow us, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Mama's Leche Book Series. And um, if you ever have any questions or anything, uh, we're real responsive. <laughs> so cool. we'd also like to thank EP Culture Beat for having us on this uh, podcast because um, we need more people like you to really get, you know, um, local brilliant artists and minds you know ideas concepts everything out there that to share and that's that's why we're here to share and spread the word it all matters it all matters thanks for being on the show guys thank you so much that's the end of the show thank you for listening you can find this podcast on itunes google play music and Stitcher Radio. Be excellent to each other and party on. Party on, party on, party on, party on.